Well, the Spirit of God was moving in Acts chapter 2. And the last time we looked at this, we saw how the Spirit of God was, as he moved, creating a desire and passion for the teaching of the apostles. And so the early church submitted to what the Spirit was doing, and as a result, they devoted themselves to accepting this teaching as the Word of God, devoting themselves to walking in obedience to what the apostles taught, and devoting themselves to preserving that teaching without compromise as it was intended. Opening the hearts of the believers in that early church to the teaching of the apostles was not the only work of the Spirit in those days. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 tells us that they also devoted themselves to fellowship. Now, this word fellowship has been watered down in our day. And fellowship as we see it today is, is often a conversation after church about the hockey game or the football game or a few words spoken on the way out of the church about the weather or the times in which we're living. We also sometimes see it in terms of corporate worship where we gather together, we sing some songs, we listen to a message, but not necessarily do we even speak to each other. But the Greek word that is used here for fellowship is much more intense than this. The Greek word is koinonia, and koinonia refers to fellowship, to community, and to sharing. Now let me read a few examples of the use of this word koinonia, or fellowship, from the New Testament. And the first example I want to read is from Romans chapter 15 and beginning at verse 25. And this is what Romans 15, 25 tells us. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the saints there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution Contribution is the word koinonia, for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them, for if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. And so the word koinonia, fellowship, speaks here in Romans chapter 15 of a financial contribution that was the response of Macedonia and Achaia when they heard of the poverty of the Jewish believers in Jerusalem. And they wanted to do something about it. They had never met these believers, never had a conversation with them, but they fellowshiped with them through their financial contribution to the church in Jerusalem. Now we see also in Acts chapter 2 that this idea of contributing financially was very much part of the fellowship that these believers experienced. Acts chapter 2 tells us about how believers would sell their land and, and obtain the finances from the sale of that land contribute that that money to the church, and the church would then disperse it to those who were in need in their communities. 
And so for these believers, fellowship, koinonia fellowship, implied even a willingness to sell what they had so that there would be funds necessary to bless those who did not have the basic needs for surviving. Now, in this regard, let's look at another passage. This one from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 says this, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for you, for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership. Now, the word partnership is the Greek word koinonia. Because of your koinonia partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And so the word koinonia here the word that is used for fellowship is translated as partnership. And Paul thanked the believers in Philippi for their fellowship or their partnership. Now, what was the nature of that partnership? Well, we discover this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, where Paul says this, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles, sharing in troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. And so Paul was experiencing trouble, persecution, financial hardship, discouragement. And the Philippians shared in that trouble how in the matter of giving and receiving, giving Prayers, concern, financial support, receiving the teaching of Paul with an open heart and allowing him to encourage, to encourage them. Giving and receiving, they shared together. They gave to Paul what they had, and Paul gave to them what he had, so there was no need. Paul uses this word koinonia as he writes to the Corinthians about the Lord's table. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 16. Here he says this, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation? Participation is translated from the word koinonia, a participation in the blood of Christ, and is not the bread that we break a koinonia, a participation in the body of Christ. And so the word koinonia is used two times here in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 16. Fellowship, partnered, participated in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. The believers in taking that 
table and sitting at that table and taking the meal, the Lord's table, symbolized the blessings that they had received from Christ. It was a symbol not only of what he was willing to do for them in laying down his life on the cross with them, in partnering with them in this matter of their sins, in giving everything he had, but it was also a symbol of their willingness to to do the same for him. And so the bread and the wine symbolize the fellowship we have with Christ. And how did Christ demonstrate this fellowship? He did so by laying his life on the cross. He willingly sacrificed his life for us. And the table of the Lord represents the fellowship we have with Jesus Christ and the end to which he would go for you and me. And it's a challenge for us to partner, to fellowship koinonia, to follow his example in what we do for him. If we want to fellowship with Christ, we must be willing to lay our lives down on the line for him who paid everything for us. That is true fellowship. Now, James doesn't use the word koinonia here in this this passage that I want to read. But the principle is clear in what he says. Listen to what James says in James chapter 2, verses 14 to 17. James 2, 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James tells us that believers who hear that a brother is in need and say, I'll pray for you, or I hope all goes well, but do nothing about his situation, are not in fellowship with that brother. Because fellowship, koinonia fellowship, is much more than words. Fellowship is costly. Fellowship requires sacrifice. Listen to the words of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 58 as Isaiah the prophet speaks about this kind of fellowship. Speaking to the people of his day, in Isaiah 58 and verse 5, the prophet Isaiah says this, Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. 
Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will come quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you go away, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the, the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be well-watered, a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fail. Notice the fellowship here is not just with those who are close to us, but those who are needy. We can become so focused on ourselves, we don't even see the needs of, around us. But the Spirit of God was moving in Acts chapter 2, and he was opening the eyes of the church to the needs around them. And he wanted to use the church to minister to those needs. So as the Spirit of God moved among the people in Acts chapter 2, they began to devote themselves to koinonia fellowship, a fellowship that reached out sacrificially to the needs. They felt the prompting of the Spirit of God to do something about the hurt around them. Their hearts were open. The Spirit of God moved and opened their ears and, and heart to the work that he wanted to do in their midst. This was a work of the Spirit breaking, opening, and, and giving insight into the needs and the passions and do something about it in the name of Jesus Christ. And so as the Spirit of God moves among us, he calls us to fellowship, to partnership with those around us, uh, he opens our hearts to the needs we see. He moves our hands. He touches our wallets. He moves us in many different ways to reach out to those needs. In some cases, it can be as simple as a, a phone call or a text message or an email as it demonstrates the concern of God, the concern of a believer for another. It may mean offering our skills to a brother or sister in need. In many ways, it's going to require sacrifices. In every case, it's going to require sensitivity to what the Spirit of God is asking us to do and how he is wanting to use us to minister to the need of a brother or sister. The ministry of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 was a ministry of drawing people to the teaching of the apostles, but it was also to a ministry to one another. It was giving them an understanding of true fellowship, and he wants to use you and me to be instruments, and he will use us if we're willing to listen, and he will use us to encourage and to bless, and we become his hands and feet to care for one another. But the question we must ask is this, are we ready? Do we have this heart? 
This was the heart of Christ while he was on this earth. He cared for the sick and the needy. He felt compassion for the outcast. He touched those that nobody else would touch. He held nothing so tight that he couldn't surrender it for us. He gave of his time. He gave of his life. And maybe you look at yourself today and you say, you know, I, I'm just not sure that I have that kind of heart. But once again, let me remind you that this is the work of the Spirit of God. Do you have the courage today to ask the Spirit of God for this kind of a heart? It's the pleasure of the Spirit of Christ, of God, to, to, to give you the heart of Christ for those around you. And will you say today, Father God, I am yours and everything I have is yours. Use it as you see fit. Some time ago, I had the privilege of doing something for a friend and he offered me some money for it. I, I initially refused, but he said, no, 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 you take it. And so I take it and I took it and it sat on my desk at home for a while and I wasn't quite sure what to do with it. And then one time, the Lord began to describe, began to share with me an issue in the body of Christ. And as, as, as this need was being described, I, I, I could see a picture in my mind of that money sitting on my desk, and it flashed in my mind. And, and to be honest with you, while the picture was of all that money that was sitting on the desk, I, I admit I thought of keeping a part of it for myself, but the only way that I could have peace in my heart was to surrender it all. You see, that money wasn't mine to keep. The Lord provided me with those funds through an opportunity to minister to a friend, and he, and the Spirit showed me what to do with it and how to use it. And the biggest obstacle that that to that money getting to where it needed to be was me and my willingness to surrender it. Now, the Spirit of God is going to lead you and me, and he'll move among us to care for those around us, but the great question we must ask ourselves is this, am I willing to obey? Am I willing to surrender? Am I willing to care? Am I willing to have the heart of Jesus for the needs of those around me? And so the second great work of the Spirit of God in Acts chapter 2 was to stir up a heart for koinonia fellowship among the believers, a heart that was willing to sacrifice, a heart that was willing to give everything so that another believer could be encouraged and blessed. This is the heart of Jesus, and it is the heart that the Spirit of God will develop in you if you will call out to him now and cry out with your all of your heart and say, Lord God, Holy Spirit, give me that kind of heart. This is the work of the Holy Spirit of God for the good of the church and to the honor of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.